wondered how the pros put together epic tailor-made travel adventures? Welcome to the Intrepid Traveler podcast. I'm your host, Robin Klein, and I'm going to explain to you just how that is done during my conversation with today's guest. Envision yourself driving through the Tuscan countryside in a Ferrari, sipping champagne on a remote island in the Indian Ocean, camel trekking in Kenya, lounging in a luxury Echo Lodge in South America, or seeing the Southern Cross from a dark sky reserve in Australia. When it comes to luxury adventure and expedition travel, the possibilities are endless. And in each episode, you'll hear from an expert in his or her field about how these experiences and more are created. This episode of The Intrepid Traveler is brought to you by Klein & Co. Travel Consulting, a luxury adventure and expedition travel planning company specializing in ungoogleable experiences. You can find us on the web at KleinAndCoTravel.com. That's Klein with a C, C-L-I-N-E. On Instagram at Klein & Co. Travel, we have a private Facebook group you're welcome to join, or you can find us on LinkedIn or catch the video version on YouTube. With that said, let's welcome our guest to today's show. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Intrepid Traveler. I am very fortunate to have another wonderful guest today and Lisa Bain of Lindblad Expeditions. We're going to talk about Alaska today, but before we do that, I want to say it's interesting. It's always interesting to me how people get started in this field. And it's one of the things I love about doing this podcast. And she's told me she started in radio. She's from Australia, from the Hunter Valley, which is one of the most beautiful places on the planet, and then ended up moving on to South Korea, then to Japan, then back to Australia, where she fell in love with expedition travel through Orion Expeditions, her job with Orion Expeditions, and then finally ended up in the United States. Is that it in a nutshell? Yeah, that's a good nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, as much as I'd love to delve into all of that, let's sort of pick it up in Darwin. For anybody that's listening that doesn't know exactly where Darwin is, that's in northern Australia. And there was a company at the time called Orion Expeditions that you worked for there. And so tell us, tell us a bit about that, how that got going. Yeah. So I actually was working in the hotel business in Darwin and I met this amazing woman who had a a one ship expedition company and they did the Kimberley, which is to this day close to my heart uh, Mm. as one of the most amazing places to go and visit. We were moving back to the United States, my husband and I, with his job, and she said, well, oh, my gosh, we've just joined this wonderful little consortium called Virtuoso. Mm-hmm. Would you mind helping us out? So I, I started working for Ryan Expeditions in the States, and about 10 years ago we were purchased by Limblad Expeditions. So I had the great fortune of going from this one-ship little expedition company to probably the most renowned and respected expedition company in the world, not probably, most certainly, uh, most respected expedition company in the world with Limblad. So this year would be 10 years I've been with them, which has gone in the blink of an eye, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, Yeah. well, that's fabulous. Well, it's obvious that you love what you do. The Orion, that particular ship actually ended up being part of the fleet at Limblad, correct? Yeah, yeah she's the National Geographic Orion, 102 guests, still, I think, one of the most beautiful little yacht-like expedition ships in the world. And um, what is really amazing is the the family on that ship, the, the crew, the Filipino crew, our service crew, 
on the whole, is still the same team that was there when wow. that ship was in Australia. So it, it shows the kind of longevity of mm-hmm. and the love of this kind of travel that even our crew has. So yeah. whenever you get on board, I will tell you the one thing about that ship that I adore, coming from Australia and you've been to Oz, yeah. you get the best cappuccinos in Australia, right? Yeah. Anywhere yeah. else yeah. you go, it's like, eh. You get on that ship, it is the best cappuccino at sea. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, the other thing that I remember from my time in Australia was it's the best Thai food outside of Thailand as well. Yeah. (laughs) It is. Very much so. (laughs) Anyway, okay. So now how did, before we even talk about the history of Lindblad Expeditions, real quickly, how did Lindblad and National Geographic team up and what does that mean? Yeah, that's a great question. So you can see from the logo above me here that you've got Lindblad and National Geographic. And about 15 years ago now, an alliance was formed between Lindblad Expeditions and the National Geographic Society. You know, Lindblad was going to these remarkable places all over the planet, and the National Geographic was sending scientists and researchers out into the field, and so it was like a perfect opportunity for the two to come together, for us to be going to these remote places, on, and there are opportunities for their researchers or scientists to join us in the field and continue their work. But we also have our Lindblad National Geographic Fund, which mm-hmm. raises money that goes towards our LEX Fund, our Lindblad Fund, that supports research and initiatives all around the planet in the places we explore. So by travelling with us, guests really are supporting this good work of the National Geographic Society and their teams all over the place. So it's, you know, sustainability is a key, and I know we're going to talk about this later, but for us, sustainability is at the very heart and soul of who Lindblad is. And so it was just the perfect relationship. Well, it's a win-win, it sounds like, because everybody, the guests on boards are are benefiting, the researchers, the, you know, the company, it's good for all. So that's, it's awesome. Now, the company was founded by Sven Lindblad. Tell us a little bit about that and what made him decide he wanted to do this. We're even going to go back one more generation. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I I said the wrong name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're kind of both, they're both extreme, both equally important because there's kind of two sections to Limblad expeditions. So back way back in the fifties, sixties, Lars Eric Lindblad right. was kind of out exploring and, and seeing this amazing planet. And, and he very quickly realized that a lot of these remarkable places on the planet were habitat was being lost, wildlife numbers were dropping, and it was because they didn't have a voice. You know, if you mm-hmm. don't know something is in peril, then you can't help it. And so he really believed that if we took people impassioned them, educated them, they would return as a voice for preservation. So they would be our voice and share what they had learned. And so he took the very first guest. This was a very bold move. He chartered a little red ship and he took the very first guests ever to Antarctica in 1966. So you imagine you put an ad in the paper and say, I'm going to Antarctica. I want some folks to come with me. And and these amazing men and women signed up on a wing of prayer to go to Antarctica. And that's back in the day where, you know, we were charting our own course. You know, right. you didn't, back in those days, you didn't know, don't walk on icebergs. You know, they have a terrible mm-hmm. tendency to tip over. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, <laughs> things you couldn't, couldn't do. Yeah. And so he really forged the path and the educational component of how to approach each of these places. 
And the following year, Lazarek took the very first guest to the Galapagos Islands. Mm-hmm. And what was really important there was he realised their significance and he actually paid the wages of the first two park wardens to help to ensure that the national park was established. Because today, if you go to the Galapagos, it's actually a wonderful story in how we can reverse the ravages of, of what we do as humans to places. Like the, there were lots of non-endemic species that were mm-hmm. destroying the vegetation and therefore the numbers of giant tortoises were lower. So by helping to set up the national park, but by then supporting them financially, a lot of those non-endemic species have been removed. So today when guests go to the Galapagos, they're actually getting this really amazing story of look what we can do to reverse right. our Right. And you don't always hear good news stories. Yeah. And so to know that we can make a difference yeah. is really gratifying. And I think that's what clients walk away from the Galapagos. They go, we can do it here. We can do it in other places, right? right? We right. need to embrace that we can make change and not always just be like, oh, my gosh, it's we can't do anything. We can well, and that's so important that I think oftentimes all people see from travel is they're like, oh, it's giant carpet footprint and you're just making things worse. And the more you travel, the worse that things become. It's something I've focused on in other podcasts as well is that, that there are so many ways we can make a good difference through yes. travel. Awesome. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about the the history and touched on the Galapagos. We're going to go to Alaska in a minute. Do go to all seven continents, which is amazing as well. And which means we're going to have to do this again, because we can't talk about all seven continents in one day for sure. (laughs) But the reason that I kind of wanted to focus on Alaska today is, is that at the time of this recording, which is April of 2022, currently still having to test to re-enter the United States, there are a lot of people that, one, don't want to do that. And two, I think that the last couple of years, because we haven't been able to travel as freely, Alaska has seen a big, I won't even say resurgence. I think it's just sort of a, like, it really went to the forefront of people's minds because it was a destination where people can go that feels different. It's more remote. It's, you know, the beauty is just unbelievable. It's it's just a different feel from staying in the contiguous United States. And so I've had the good fortune to be able to book some trips to Alaska. I've learned a lot more about it myself. We have booked a trip together just recently. And so let's talk about what Lindblad offers in Alaska. I know there are different choices. So uh, take it from here. Look, I'm going to take one little step back and kind of talk about what makes an expedition because absolutely. Yes. Very good point. What we do in Alaska and how it's different. Um, Look, we, we are very intimate in scale. Like we started small ship expedition and for us, this is all we do and we do it exceedingly well. This is what we have experience in. And with that comes safety and a knowledge of the regions that we explore. We've been up in Alaska close to 40 years. Um, our biggest ship is 148 guests. Mm-hmm. Guests. You know, people think small and they think, oh, 600 is small. That's not, but that's right. huge to us, right? right? right. For us, it is about if you're approaching wildlife and cultures and absolute stunning beauty in the places we're going, you need to be able to get access and up close and intimate with it. Mm -hmm. And so you need ships that are nimble, built for the regions they're exploring and are small. And so, as I said, our biggest ship is 148 guests. Our smallest is 28 guests on the Amazon. So you've got this wonderful little collection of vessels that are built to get in and explore. Right. So up in Alaska, oh, and, and look, also all the things that make an expedition, right? An expedition 
should not be paying for add-ons. It shouldn't be, oh, I've got to pay to go over on a Zodiac or a, or a kayak or paddleboard. An expedition by its name is doing all those things. It's yes. being out and active. So all of that is included with us. Yes. But up in Alaska, our biggest ships are 100 guests. Yes. Okay. So we built these two gorgeous little vests, the National Geographic Venture and the Quest mm-hmm. in 2018 and 19. And these ships are 100 guests. There's 22 little balcony suites on them. There's nice little suites upstairs, connecting rooms. We do a lot of multi-gen families, mm-hmm. dedicated solos. And I keep saying intimate because you want to keep everything intimately scaled on the ship to keep the ship smaller as well. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have 2,000 square foot suites. That is not what our focus is. Our right. focus is on getting up close and personal, right? Yes. So beautifully appointed, everything you need, all of the expeditionary tools, the Zodiacs, the kayaks, the paddle boards. We have our photography program on board, which is our Lindblad National Geographic Photography. And we have a Lindblad National Geographic Certified Photo Expert. Try saying that three times fast. Yeah, exactly. No. (laughs) (laughs) But these amazing women and men are there to help your guests to get the best photography of their life. And that can be on a a cell phone. These guys have amazing photographic capabilities now, right? So cell phone classes, SLR classes, B&H photo lockers on our ship. So if Mm -hmm. you want to try a new zoom lens or Swarovski crystal binoculars, we do have that capability. You check them out in the morning, bring them back in the evening. You've got a global explorers program, which is put together with National Geographic Education, which is focused on our under 18 year old guests. So they really understand and appreciate what they're seeing right there's a field they get to take plankton samples they learn to drive zodiacs i can tell you the scariest thing is being on a zodiac driven by a seven-year-old um (laughs) i would think (laughs) (laughs) all the parents want to do it as well yeah Um, but but it gives all layers of a multi-gen family the Mm -hmm. opportunity learn so so for us it's taking all of this experience for over 55 years and distilling it into opportunities for our guests to get out and explore and really see Alaska and I'm I'm glad you said it's you know it's not necessarily a resurgence I think that people are finally understanding what Alaska is it's not shopping in Ketchikan and Juneau right Alaska is these tiny little narrow waterways where you wake up and walk out onto your balcony and you are surrounded by otters with yeah. little babies, or you look in the trees and there are so many bald eagles that looks like Christmas, little white Christmas oh, on wow. the trees. Or you're up on our bridge because we have an open bridge. You're up on the bridge with the captain and our spotters, and you can see grizzlies on the grassland where you're going to go hiking in a couple yeah. of hours. When you get off, you can put your hand next to their paw prints oh, and you wow. understand the size, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's Having different options each day, a long hike, a short hike, a zodiac safari to kind of explore at your own pace. But we also have some littler ships that are a little older, our Uh uh National Geographic Seabird and the National Geographic Sea Lion. They're 62 guests. Now, these ships are 35 years old. Mm -hmm. They are beloved, Mm -hmm. tiny little ships that do what we called our wild programs, which Mm -hmm. is a bit more active. It's it's more like a glamping experience. Okay, yeah, it's for a little bit more hardy clients, someone mm-hmm. who, is, you know, it's what's out there is definitely the focus. Yep. It's still the same caliber of expedition team. You know, there's still the wonderful local cuisine because we focus on purchasing all of our cuisine from within about 100 miles of our ship so that we focus on the flavors and the tastes of Alaska. Mm, I love uh, that. 
But yeah, right. So there's nothing worse than being on a ship or or in a trip, and they're serving something from a completely different place. It's like, right. <laughs> exactly. Like, hmm, how did it get to the ship, and like, how long has it been here? <laughs> right. Right. We, we actually have fishermen come to the back of the ship. We have oh, all the berries nice. that are grown locally in our preserves. Anna Estevez, our hotel director does a remarkable job at showcasing the flavors of the regions. Mm-hmm. And that's on every every one of our ships in every place. But Alaska is so special because it is such a an amazing wealth of brilliant foods, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we really play on that. Um, but these two little ships do some more rugged things like mountain biking and going into right. Haines, Alaska and being able to do, you know, river rafting, that kind of stuff. Sure. So and then this year we were kind of talking about the Orion, really mm-hmm. excited. For 22, we actually have her in Alaska for How a short fun. season. And she's doing these really cool trips from um, Vancouver to Seward, okay. which is that whole, so misty fjords all the way up through the Indian Islands, all the way up into some of the most beautiful glacier areas on the way to Seward. That's 15 days. And then she does a 10-day, which is from Vancouver to Sitka. But once again, because she's only 102 guests, it's that intimacy of exploration. Right. right. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, there's something for everybody. It sounds like it just sounds absolutely divine. I can't wait. I can't wait to do it. <laughs> I'm ready to go tomorrow. <laughs> it, 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 as you said, it is brilliant for those clients who maybe aren't ready to make that jump to international travel yet, right? right? They they want to get out of the contiguous states. They want to go and explore. They want to be outside. People are sick yeah. of being locked inside, yeah. right? They want to be back out in nature and at the face of it. Um, and that's what these trips do. But it's very different from what most people perceive Alaska to be, which is that inner waterway, a big ship, you know, binoculars to see the bears. Well, it's the it's the scenic cruise versus the expedition cruise, and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with a scenic no. cruise at all. It's knowing what you're after, and I've booked both for different types yeah. of clients. Shameless plug here. That's where a travel advisor comes in and is valuable, is in helping yeah. you make helping you make some of these decisions and being educated about the options. Let me back up for just one second because you yes. said open bridge. So explain what an open bridge is and okay. what you might actually see and experience differently from there versus other parts of the ship. Yeah, so the bridge, of course, that's where the captain and the team are. This is where you actually drive the ship from. Mm-hmm. But we have an open bridge policy on all of our vessels. So you can come up, as long as we're not docking, yeah. um, you can come up, sit with the captain, sit with the team, learn what it's like from their experience of traversing these amazing waterways, ocean seas that we explore. But it's also the best seat in the house because that's mm-hmm. where you Spotters, your expedition team are going to be with the spotting scopes looking yeah. for bear early morning. I'll tell you, Alaska, get up early. Yeah. Go to bed late. You know, yeah. that early morning light, the bear, that's when the bear are coming down. That's when you can hear those eagles kind of talking off in the background. It's just that stillness is absolutely beautiful. Mm. But being able to be up there and understand everything it takes to make an expedition happen. While you're sleeping, your expedition team, your expedition leader, the captain, the team, they're all looking at weather. They're looking at tides. They're looking at access points. They are continually working to maximise the time we're in these places. Mm. And so to see that dance at play up on the bridge is really, really cool. I love to go and grab my bourbon and go and sit up at the back and just kind of take in at sunset and the evening and watch the team at work, but coffee, whatever you like. It is about 
providing you every level of access. I mean, for anyone who's an engineer, understanding how these ships work mm-hmm. is really just another layer to the experience as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's a perfect segue into understanding how these ships work. So how are these ships not polluting and not making a mess? And how are we, how are you being, we're talking about sustainability, which is, you know, is the buzzword. But for me anyway, it is a huge passion point in my, you know, what I book and travel. I want to know that the companies that I'm working with are doing everything they can to, you know, make sure that they're not making a negative impact um, on the environment. So, and I know that this is uh, something that, that this company has worked very hard at. So tell us, tell us more about that. Yeah, look, from the very beginning, sustainability, I don't even think that was the catchphrase back then. Mm-hmm. It, it was just a given that if we were going to go to places back in the days of Lars Eric and then when Sven um, took over the company, that we were going to do it with a very gentle footprint and ensure that we gave back to the places that we were exploring, that we weren't going there and taking, we were giving. They, what, what is that saying, that people who give feel better than the people who take? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, <laughs> you, you working for a company that is continuously giving to the places we explore, it, it, it's just a really wonderful feeling. And so for us, sustainability, caring for not only the wildlife, the oceans, the cultures of the places we explore, ensuring that we are responsible to the cultures in places like the Amazon or the Inuit up in Canada or anywhere we go, caring for that, but also ensuring that we're purchasing sustainable cuisine. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not buying seafood that is not sustainably sourced or harvested. All of those levels, I mean, it's multi-levels that you have to look at, down to our office in New York, right? ensuring that everything is recycled, that Mm -hmm. we're not purchasing even our lunches in non-recyclable containers, you know, every aspect. I think one of the things on our ships that's really important, we are a fully 100% carbon neutral company. Mm -hmm. So we offset all of our carbon footprint and we have a brilliant sustainability brochure that you can share with your clients, which Mm -hmm. will talk them through all of the aspects of our programs. But we're carbon neutral. When you're on board, there's no single-use consumer plastics. Mm-hmm. And that that's a it's, big job. It's very big, yes. Right? <laughs> yes, um, it is. You, you've got pens. They all came in plastic bags. Well, mm-hmm. you have to go back to suppliers and say, well, you have to find an alternative. We will not take plastic wrapping on anything that's delivered to our ships. Looking at ensuring you've got wonderful water stations, so you have these reusable water bottles your guests, right. they receive, they get to take them home, so that you're always do using your water bottle it's even down to the point with our parkas that we have uh-huh. in the Arctic and antarctica they come in a reusable laundry bag that nice. you can use when you go home or yeah. if you're out hiking you take it with you and you can pick up any trash you see on the beaches so nice. that we help trash it's thinking of every aspect yeah. to make yeah. sure that we're not just going and we're not just saying, oh, yes, we're sustainable because we, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're doing a few dabbles here, but that every level of the company looks at this and, and tries to figure out how they can lessen their footprint. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I love that. That's, it's so, so important. I also wanted to point out too that as you mentioned Virtuoso earlier on, um, my host agency is a Virtuoso member and I'm part of the Virtuoso adventure community. So there's a lot of little uh, steps there. When I book trips for people with you all, they get a little extra amenity that folks that don't book through a Virtuoso travel advisor, uh, don't get and, and tell us what that is. 
Yeah, so you do get a lovely little shipboard credit. And as we said, nearly everything's included. So it's it's $50 a cabin. But the thing that I love the most, as and this is because you're a member of the adventure community, which mm-hmm. I love, we have a videographer on all of our Lindblad National Geographic ships. And our videographer is filming every day and grabbing aspects of the trip for all of our guests. And at the end, there's this beautiful DVD. Now it comes on a little credit card, so it's not a big clunky DVD. Right, right. (laughs) A recording stick. And that has this wonderfully compiled video of that week's exploration. There's there's no canned footage. It's just what's happened this week with all your Mm -hmm. new friends, that community you forged on the ship. And so that is added to bookings for our adventure community team members. So your clients that are traveling with us to Alaska coming up here soon, that will be something that they'll receive when they disembark. And that's, that is such a brilliant memory because I, I will tell you one thing, one of the, one of the little tricks and hints I will give to anyone traveling, be it on Limblad or any experiential product, stop and put the camera down, right? Yes. We live behind the camera lens. And the most remarkable moments of any trip is when you put it down and you're 100% in the place. Yeah. Well, I could not agree with that more. I think I learned my lesson there. My first time I went to Kenya, I spent so much time taking so many pictures and was so overwhelmed with it all. But then when I went back the next time, I didn't take nearly as many pictures and I just absorbed it. And it was just uh, really, it does make, it does make a big change. Not that you shouldn't take pictures, but you know, it's definitely something where that just taking it in. And uh, I just am still, I'm still got that picture in my mind of sitting on the bridge. And for me, it'd be with my cup of coffee early in the morning, but uh, you know, I just have that vision of just doing that and just soaking it up. So, oh my gosh. I would even say, Robin, one of my, my little hints I've taught myself is whenever I'm traveling now, I set an alarm on my phone for a two minute moment. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me each day to put the camera down, put the phone down and just whatever you are for hike on the bridge that you just listen and be present, I think is really, particularly on expeditionary product, right? You want to be there. So mm-hmm. It certainly makes a difference. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been so great. Thank you so much for joining me, Lisa. I appreciate it. Like I said, we'll have to do it again. I really want to talk about the Kimberly because that is so high on my list. As many times as I've been to Australia and as much as I love it, I have not done the Kimberly yet. So look, yes, I would be happy to come back and it's my favorite place on the planet. All right. Okay. Well, we're going to do that. We're definitely going to do that. We'll have to, we'll, we'll pick a date and we'll do that for sure. Now that Australia is open. Yes, finally. Yes. yes. Yeah. And you're you're getting to go home soon too. Right, next uh, not next this Thursday, three days right. from now. Yeah, yeah. So oh, well, well, I'm glad glad we got this in before you headed off. And again, thank you so much for your time. This has been wonderful. My absolute pleasure. Thanks, mate. That wraps up today's episode of The Intrepid Traveler. Thank you for listening or watching, and thank you to today's guest for joining me. I'll be back again in two weeks with another exciting episode featuring another guest with a story that is sure to pique your interest. Please subscribe to The Intrepid Traveler and give us a review. Once again, today's episode has been brought to you by Klein & Co. Travel Consulting, a luxury adventure and expedition travel planning company specializing in ungoogleable experiences.